Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Birthright, a war story, is a feature-length documentary that examines how women are being jailed, physically violated, and even put at risk of dying as a radical movement tightens its grip across America. The film tells the story of women who have become collateral damage in the aggressive campaign to take control of the reproductive health of these women, as well as uh, laws that allow states, courts, and religious doctrine to govern whether when and how women will bear children. That is truly what this film is about, and, and it's done in a way that is about a very personal perspective as well as giving us the information and the wherewithal to move forward and prevent this kind of thing from happening. And the film is called Birthright, A War Story, and we're lucky enough to have with us today the director, Sivia Tamarkin, and the producer, Lucina Fisher. Welcome to film school. Thank you. We're glad to be here. Well, thank you so much. Uh, in part of the uh, sort of the the uh, the notes on your film, you descri- it's described as a real life handmade tale, which is a very popular series right now uh, uh, from a f- book that was written, I think, in the seventies about eighties. Was 80s. it the eighties? About this, yeah, 80, the uh, kind of a return to the control over women and what they were allowed to do sort of women as vessels for for our uh for our repopulation etc cetera, etc cetera. tell me that's that that is in many ways what's going on but let's talk talk to me about how this idea for your film got started and I'll I'll start with you Sevilla tell, tell us a little bit about how that happened oh well actually the idea originated on the heels of the hobby lobby decision Back in June of 2014, I was aghast that that Supreme Court ruling had come down and uh, taken aback that the government was now determining, and, and employers determining whether or not women would be allowed to be covered by insurance for um, contraceptives. So as somebody who had been very active in... Um, the original movement for women's reproductive rights, I could not understand the disconnect and why something that we had assumed was the law of the land and an issue that we could move far beyond uh, was suddenly in jeopardy. And a number of people approached me and said I had been journalist and filmmaker involved in social justice and criminal justice issues, and a number of people approached me and said, you have to do something. The question was, what do you do? So I began talking to young people and realizing there was quite a disconnect, um, that they assumed access to contraceptives, access to abortion, access to their own medical decision-making and reproductive liberties and freedoms and privacy was a give, you know, were all givens. Mm-hmm. And then learned that it was not. So I decided that was the focus of the film, and I contacted Lucina, who is a longtime colleague and close friend, and said, we have to put together a documentary as a wake-up call. 
as a call to <laughs> arms here because as we began to do the initial research and reporting, we saw the writing on the wall. We saw what was happening state by state by state yeah. and how this movement was co-opting the Republican Party and taking over state legislatures and getting laws passed that most people were not cognizant of, of you know, taking effect. Lucina. Or that it would affect them. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, or that that it would possibly have some impact on them. I, I think... For us, it was really important to look at the big picture and see how all of these things connected. Um, what did the Hobby Lobby decision have to do with Roe v. Wade? And um, it was important for people to understand how this is all part of a broader strategy and how the impact has um, bigger implications on every woman. And I think... That's what we've been hearing from people who've seen the film, that it's important for every woman to see this film, not just women who have a certain point of view or um, have some particular political leaning. Um, this film is really for every woman and every person who loves a woman because yeah. it can affect not just the woman herself, but a family. Um, it's affecting the medical profession and doctors' abilities to make decisions. So I think for us it was really important for people to, to understand. Sure. Yeah. And once you, you do that, you understand how we have gotten here and why it does seem like we're, we're living the, the handmaid's tale, if you will. Yeah, and I mean, there's. I want to start unpacking some of the the issues that you're addressing. Some of the things that are happening, uh, sort of h hiding in plain sight, if you will, regarding what's happening to women's options, uh, healthcare options, abortion rights, all of it, because it's 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 the changing nature of our political landscape that it it uh, that we've sort of not caught up with. A lot of people haven't caught up with the fact that. There are, there's all the action now is at the state level, and it's been happening for a while. This is where the Republic. I'm going to name names here: the Republicans, the Koch brothers, Alec. All of these people have figured out that they don't really care who's president anymore. They don't really. I don't think in their in the scheme of the political landscape that they're dealing with, it matters. What they're what they're all about is um, getting getting it at the more localized level uh, control. Of their agenda, and they've been very, very successful. And it's now, I hope, finally, people are starting to wake up to the fact that across the country, dozens of states have passed these draconian laws, in which people, which w women can end up in jail for seeking that the uh, the right that their constitutional right for to have an abortion. That's what's happening. And again, the film is very effective in laying this this particular point of view out, but. I don't know that people fully grasp just how how pervasive th this is right now. Well, I think what people don't realize is the enormity of the political bargaining and the um, expedient political alliances that have been forged 
I mean, the Koch brothers' priority is not reproductive rights issues. Right. They have other priorities. But like so many people, they have aligned themselves within the Republican Party. And the Republican Party, early on under the Reagan years, yes. forged this alliance with the anti-abortion uh, movement and brought in the religious right, which brought a lot of funding to the Republican Party. And so through all these expedient alliances, policies and legislative approaches began to um, take effect that jeopardized women's health, often without that being the intention of the individual politician. Mm-hmm. But in this is all the fallout. That's why we, we stress the terms of collateral damage. Yeah. And it has been building and building as a grassroots movement. It is a rising tide that is spilling over into every state, not New York and California, but, you know, you now have 33 Republican governors. But unfortunately, with this administration and with the appointment of Tom Price to Health and Human Services, we now have the top down as well. So we not only have it coming from the grassroots, but we have it very heavy-handed from the top, as in the appointment of Gorsuch to the Supreme Court. Yep. Yeah, it, uh, let, let's start. You're absolutely right, and I, I would I would dive into this subject. I spend the rest of the day talking to you just about the politics of this because it is it's insidious. It is below the radar, and because it's not happening in New York and California. Major media doesn't pay attention to it. Everyone's just sort of operating on this blithe assumption that everything's fine, but it isn't fine in 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 the hinterlands. It is it is something that is has happened, not just happening, but has happened. And I think it's appropriate you call your your film a war story, birthright a war story, because it is it. There's a war going on, and uh, so far, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, we have some courts that have been good about this. But we cannot expect, and especially at the Supreme Court level, we can't expect that to be the case much for forever. And it'll only get worse unless we do something to change the dynamic in Washington. So it, I think it's a call to arms, and your film is. And I want to talk a little bit about the different ways in which this is happening. I mentioned earlier to you the trap laws. We're talking about all these different kinds of legislative initiatives. I want to get into a little bit of the detail so people have a sort of a clear understanding of what we're talking about here. Um, either one, uh, Lucina or uh, Sylvia, uh, dive in as to sort of what do you see as the most the most invasive of the legislation that's out there that's that's around the country? Well, it's, it's across the board. I think, you know, that's, that's what's so incredible is that it comes from so many different directions. It's not just the trapped laws that make it difficult to access uh, a legal abortion. Um, it is laws that um, are under the guise of fetal pain, um, right. causing the fetus pain and thus not allowing an induction um, after 20 weeks. So this has an impact on a woman who is pregnant with a child she very much wants, finds herself, in our film, 
uh, going into premature labor yeah. and um, realizing that this, the child is not going to progress. The pregnancy is not going to progress. The lungs are not going to develop past the 20 weeks or 22 weeks in her case. Um, and the, the pregnancy is not going to be viable. So she turns to her doctor, the person she should be, con- you know, uh, collaborating with along with her husband, um, about what to do and says, let us go ahead and induce labor so that we can um, say goodbye to our child and start trying to get pregnant again. And the doctor says, I'm sorry, there's a law that's been passed now that says you cannot induce labor or it's illegal to have an abortion past 20 weeks. In her case, she says this is not an abortion. But that is how the legislature looks at it. Right. So it's that way that women are also trapped um, and doctors' hands are tied. Um, it's also putting the, the, the fetus first, if you will, um, which comes from when you create these laws, then suddenly you have a body of jurisprudence that develops around it. So... Laws that were intended to, um, in the criminal justice system, uh, were against child abuse, for instance, are now being used against pregnant women, saying that somehow they are endangering the fetus that they are carrying, either by um, taking drugs or um, falling down the stairs. That was one case that we came across that, Perhaps she was intentionally trying to cause a miscarriage. So laws that were never intended to be used against pregnant women are being used, and women are going to jail. They're going to jail after delivering babies. Um, they are still, um, you know, uh, they've just come out of the hospital. It's, we try to show this in the film uh, through these actual women telling their stories because we think it's important for people to really understand what, how this is having an impact, yeah. what the impact is. And I, I want to interject that, that there is a, another very critical dynamic in the film, and that is that we deal with the rise of Catholic health care. Yes, the hospitals. Which is um, another front, if you will. Right, right. Um, because... The Catholic Church immediately declared war when um, Roe v. Wade came down. Yeah. And it has been a movement led by the Catholics and then joined in by the religious right, the evangelicals of the late 70s and 80s and so on. But um, the the rise of Catholic health care has only promulgated their philosophy. So now... With the takeover of so many insolvent community and private hospitals, one in six acute care hospital beds are either owned or affiliated with Catholic health care. As a result, the Conference of Catholic Bishop Doctrine governs health care for women. They are not allowed to be given contraceptives. Um, they cannot do IVF uh, in vitro fertilization. 
But most significantly, they are not given the proper miscarriage management. And that has become a significant issue across the country. If a woman pregnant with a much-wanted child is miscarrying, either hemorrhaging, becoming infected because this is a non-viable pregnancy, if there is still a heartbeat, she will not receive the assistance in the ER room of a Catholic hospital. If her health is in danger from an embolism, from septus, um, from uh, the fact that her blood may almost be on the verge of no longer coagulating, there's a chance she will not get the medical assistance that she needs. And most people don't realize this, and this affects people who are staunchly against abortion. Right. This reflects, this could potentially victimize every woman who miscarries and is brought to a, the nearest hospital, which may be a Catholic health care facility. It, yeah, Sevilla, this is just speaks so. This speaks volumes. I mean, on one hand, the idea whether you're you're right, what you said is perfectly appropriate. Whether you're pro-choice, not pro-choice, whatever it is, this is this is insidious. This is a this is a. I see it as a um, uh, subterfuge to get back control of women. Back, going back to the, you know, the, the you, it's in the film, you know, back at a time when the argument in front of the Supreme Court was that contraceptives were immoral. That's 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 the the baseline for these people. Contraception is immoral. This is an argument made in front of the Supreme Court not that long ago, and this is where right. they want to end up. This is just nuts. And and uh, again, you're absolutely right, women. Whether or not you're pro-choice or not. This is this. They're they're not going to stop until they have secured this dystopian view of what what women are in, should and should not be allowed to do. So, um, but this carries over beyond even the Catholic Church. It, no, it carries over to cases that we have seen and heard about where um, women who want to have natural childbirth as opposed to cesarean. Women who would like to have home delivery and of their child um, are faced in some cases with court actions yeah. where the hospital, as a case happened in uh, Pennsylvania, where the hospital moved to get guardianship of the fetus to order the woman to have a C-section. Yeah. So this affects women who may very much be opposed to abortion, who want multiple pregnancies, who want to deliver at home in the most natural way possible, even they are swept up as the fallout and collateral damage of this anti-abortion philosophy. You know, in some ways, this is this is the proverbial frog in the in the water in the boiling water, right? Mm-hmm. It's just it's been the yeah. the temperature's been getting turned up just a little bit, a little bit, and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. and you get the, this sort of fanatical right wing religious zealotry, 
you know, biblical times kind of nonsense, and then, and then, and then it all be, then it suddenly becomes about money and power and politics, and that drains it of then it takes on this uh, momentum. You know, politicians are 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 chattel. They will do what they think will get them elected. Doesn't really matter. It's for a lot of them. And then suddenly it's Alec is involved and we're writing legislation for 30 states now. And all of a sudden, just all kinds of things have happened. And this is a wake up call. Birthright, a war story is a wake up call. Um, and um, I want to let people know how they can they can go to birthrightfilm.com to find out more about this. How else can people find out how they can be a part of what you are, what this film is about and 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 moving forward? Well, definitely go to the website. Sign up on our newsletter. Um, we are rolling out the film. Um, we opened uh, in theaters on July 14th right. in New York City. And um, that will be followed by Los Angeles and Chicago. We will be spending a week in D.C. Uh, with the film. Um, the film is also going to be available to universities through Women Make Movies, our educational distributor, and um, the film will ultimately make its way onto digital. Um, but we we intended this film to not only be a wake up call, but a call to action. And um, the website is great because it will tell you how you can get involved and make your voice heard in your state. Host the screening. You can find out what's going on in your state. Right. Um, because as we, you know started at the beginning, um, there is a lot more going on in individual states than at the federal level. Um, And also, you know, what you can do um, in D.C. to have an impact. Um, Find us on Facebook. We are on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Follow us. Um, This is a movement, and um, and we hope that that people uh, join because... uh, we we do need to have some action around this. Um, well, young women, young women need to know what Roe v. Wade is. First of all, that's you know I know that's unfortunate, <laughs> but that you know that that's just kind of tells. I, I know that's not true across the board for everyone, but it, it, no. it is a kind of a wake up for for uh, for our younger people to not really understand because that in some ways it's not ancient history, but it's certainly history, and uh, they need to know. By the way, before I want to let our listeners know that it is opening up here in Los Angeles on the twenty eighth at the Lemley Music Hall in Beverly Hills so for that for that week, the twenty eighth, beginning the twenty eighth, as well as it opens at the Art Theater in Long Beach here um, it, on the. It says the twenty ninth, so I'll assume that's correct. So check twenty ninth and thirtieth and over thir- there. and thirtieth. Okay, for two nights. And Sylvia will be there. She, the director will be there. Okay. Um, I may be there as well, and and we'll have um, Michelle Goodwin, um, who is one of the voices of the film, right. um, who understands this issue so well. Uh, she'll be there taking Terrific. questions as well. Well, again, it is a wake up call. It is you know it's time. It's it's uh, the the uh, the march will continue to move women's rights forward. It needs to continue um, because they're going to save us. Uh, women are going to save the world, and, and this is just one aspect of the things that have to be right for us to move forward. And uh, I I am honored to have you on the program. Again, the film is Birthright, A War Story. Uh, and uh, Sivia and Lucina, thank you for being here. 
Thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk about the film and the issues. Absolutely. Again, the film Birthright, a war story, director Sylvia Tamarkin, as well as the producer, Lucina Fisher. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.